On today's Recur Now, we welcome the newest unicorn to the subscription space. Plus, a not-so-seriously in-depth Twitter thread from a VP of Bain Capital on the funnest facts in consumerism. And finally, it's time for a rebrand. We have an interview with marketing transformation driver, thought leader, and mentor James Sivas from Wonderlick on Why. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it is Monday, January 13th. I'm Abby Sullivan. I'm James Herrick. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. First up, your daily subscription digest. ClassPass is officially a unicorn. After raising $285 million in funding from the same investors that poured their funds into Peloton and Equinox. Not only that, but they're the latest female-founded startup to achieve that $1 billion valuation. I personally am a ClassPass fanatic. The model is genius, with a way to purchase credits for classes that normally cost upwards of $30 for a 45-minute session, plus on-demand fitness for those who want it at their home base. It's accessible fitness, and now it's also a global operation, which has expanded internationally to operate in 28 countries, grow their corporate wellness offerings by signing 1,000 employers, and continue to add wellness activities like facials and massages to its Portfolio. During its initial launch, the ClassPass crew offered a $99 per month subscription, which gave customers access to an unlimited number of fitness classes in New York. Today, consumers now pay between $15 and, well, $199 a month for credits of varying value that are then redeemed for classes. So is this a reflection of pricing based on a change in value metric? The subscription market is international and diverse. And we know how crucial it is to choose the proper value metric in your space. But we also know it can be incredibly difficult to try to assess this collection of numbers and figure out where to begin. You might be tempted to pick a metric to measure arbitrarily or to choose one that makes your company look good, creating misleading results or driving your company off course. Or you might think you need to measure everything, but feel daunted and put off measuring anything at all. There is no one perfect metric to use all the time, and you can't measure every metric at once. Different things are going to be important at different stages of your company's growth. If ClassPass is able to charge a higher subscription price for fitness loyals and customers are happy, well, more power to them. Not to mention, we're pumped to see more fierce female CEOs pave the unicorn way. Next, we're looking at a tweet storm by Magdalena Kala, a self-proclaimed equal opportunity capitalist and consumer PE by day, C to Series A by night. So in other words, a VP at Bain Capital in consumer, retail, and restaurants. In the first of a dozen tweets, she writes, I take a ton of notes when reading, and the top ones usually make it to my weekly-ish newsletter. I just scrubbed my 2019 notes one last time and wanted to share a random collection of consumer fun facts I noted over the last year. We got sucked into this one here at ProfitWell, and we scrounged up a few of our favorites. First up, apparently shoppers return 5 to 10% of what they purchase in store, but 15 to 40% of what they buy online. 79% of alcohol consumers say they've made at least one drunk purchase, with an average spend per drunk shopper at $444. More than half of Americans have listened to a podcast at least once. However, on average, podcasts monetize at only one cent per listener which is 10 times less than radio. Yeah, and we know what you're thinking on that last one. We've got a close eye on it. We know podcasts cost real time and money, but here's the thing, they're worth it. We have a ProfitWell report with data from 2.4 thousand subscription companies to answer the question, how do podcasts impact growth? We'll reveal that later in the episode. Magdalena has more solid facts to share, so be sure to read the full thread, which we'll link to in your subscriber newsletter. 
and the folks over at Wonderlick, a platform that provides provenly objective and job-tailored pre-employment assessments so you can hire with data, recently underwent a supercharged rebrand during what they're calling a new era. Because they say they needed their brand to represent an inclusive, science-centric attitude. And now they've got one. But why prioritize a rebrand when there's so much in the marketing space to address? Do the effects outweigh the time and the resources it takes to revamp your image? To discuss, we have James Sivis here, who's Wonderlick's VP of Marketing. Thanks for joining us, James. You are a relative newbie to the Wonderlick team, but certainly not the marketing space. When you signed on to work with Wonderlick, why the swift rebrand? Look, this is this is the the image that you're giving to the world. This is the messaging you're giving to the world. It's really a cohesive effort. For me, that was immediately evident of what, what had to change. And, and we did um, sort of soup to nuts because it's marketing isn't a, a pinpoint approach, right? Uh, that's why I call it you know, integrated marketing or full stack marketing um, because you've got to uh, uh, pull a host of different levels. And they work in concert with one another. It's interesting because too often with branding, you forget to take a step back with a critical eye on your own brand. Why would somebody take this step back? Why would you encourage them to do so? Yeah, I'll tell you, I gave a talk a number of years ago in, in Chicago to, to other marketers. And one of the prefaces to the talk is don't come to me in two years and say, hey, James, you said this. Because it's going to have changed by that. And that's exactly it. It's, nothing is static. If you're static, and I, and I, I warn and admonish my people the same thing about their personal capabilities, you have to constantly invest in yourself and you have to invest in, in your company. Otherwise, you're the one with the beehive hairdo, right? Very easy. And I see that you know, when I'm uh, looking to hire marketers all the time, that they've let their skill sets grow stale. Things are changing all the time and improving all the time and the bar is getting raised. They've gone are the days in, for, you know, in the SaaS world, you don't have a salesperson in, you know, in front of a customer, right? So they're getting their entire impression about what they see online. That's, that's your time to either capture them in those few seconds or lose them. We'll link to resources in your subscriber newsletter so you can check out the before and the after for Wonderlick's brand. And we'll keep a close eye out to see what this rebranding magic will do for them. And that's a wrap on your January 13th subscription news. Up next, the value of marketing via podcast. Podcasts and video marketing have exploded over the past year with marketers around the world speaking about how intensely powerful rich media can be to their brand, their sales process, and ultimately their growth. Podcasts and video cost money though, and take a bit of a financial leap of faith, not unlike the content marketing leap of faith over a decade ago. So to rationalize if podcasts and video marketing are worth the investment, let's look at the data from over 2.4 thousand subscription companies. First up, let's look at how podcasts and video marketing impact customer acquisition costs. CAC is up across the board for both B2B and B2C companies. But interestingly enough, CAC from customers who come from podcasts or have some level of attribution from video marketing are actually cheaper. Notice how those customers attributed to podcasts and videos have half the CAC. This reduction is likely because of the promise of richer media, which is that your brand is more clearly imbued within the mind of the prospect and customer and you have a deeper relationship. Further support of this notion exists when looking at the willingness to pay for customers and prospects 
who have consumed a company's podcast or video content relative to those who've consumed only written content or no content at all. Podcast listeners have roughly 10 to 25% higher willingness to pay, while video consumers are seeing a similar 12 to 28% higher willingness to pay, suggesting that this rich media does its job when it comes to nurturing a prospect or customer. So should you rush to launch a podcast and splash your website with videos? Well, the short answer is yes, but you have to keep in mind there are real costs involved and you don't wanna do a terrible job because that'll negatively impact your brand. As a company who does a lot with media, we recommend starting small and building from there, especially since this will help you hone your message and build your audience in the long term. And finally, a teaser for pricing page teardown, because we're jumping into 2020 with all new companies, fresh faces, and more controversial teardowns. This is Pricing Page Teardown Season 5. They have the square terminal, they have the square register, square for restaurants, square for retail. Their pricing is pretty rock bottom. Whether the pricing's right. Design-wise, I like this pricing page. Or the pricing needs work. There's just a lot of improvement here that can be made. Yeah. They have the analysis and the subscription solutions. That willingness to pay has a really, really wide range, yeah. particularly topping out over $1,000 per month. Pricing page teardown. And that's it for your January 13th episode of Recur Now. If you're not on the list to receive daily episodes, head to recurnow.com and sign on up. Let us know what you want to hear about from the subscription space. The big wigs, the small heroes, everything in between. This show is for you. So we want your voice heard. Email me at abby at recurnow.com with input. I am all ears. And if you have news you want to share from product launches to webinar drops, send me a note and we'll see how we can spread the word together. 